How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Home and home. It is a radio.com sports original. We are brought to you by ZipRecruiter.com. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. So last night you had two divisional baseball games. You had the Cardinals somehow surviving an onslaught by the Braves in the bottom of the night. Two home runs, more than 430 feet gone. Cards win six runs total in the last two innings. A a hustle controversy. Dodgers pound the Nationals. And boy, do they have a beauty, a beauty in Walker Bueller. This guy, I hope you know about him. If you don't, we'll talk to Kevin Millar about those two games and the four today in just a bit. That's in the 9 o'clock hour. We can't wait to break down this outstanding Rams-Seahawks games as good as you get on a Thursday night. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker is on the road on a home-and-home Friday at West Point, where you are looking forward to an outstanding college matchup, my friend. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Dave. I am fired up. It was awesome. I actually went to Army's practice yesterday. The Black Knights... I think they have the third or fourth longest home winning streak in all of college football, 15 games in a row. They play Tulane, and both teams are receiving votes, so it's cool. These are two top 30 teams. Should be an awesome game. It's sold out here at Mikey Stadium, so going to be an electric atmosphere. Really looking forward to it. Hey, all I ask for, Dave, is that it's very similar to last night's Seahawks-Rams game. Because that was incredible. And let me get on my soapbox here for just a little bit, okay? Okay, all right. All of you that have said for years how much Thursday night football sucks, well, I just have one thing to ask you. How you like me now? That's back-to-back awesome Thursday night games. And people will say, oh, it's only two games, or it's never back-to-back. You're, you're missing the point, morons. You're missing the point. There are good Thursday night games. There are bad Thursday night games. There are average Thursday night games. Just like, wait for it, Sundays, Mondays. The point isn't that every Thursday night game is great. The point is that there's no difference between Thursday night or Sunday or Monday because everyone's made the argument it's too short of a week, they don't prepare, players aren't ready. False. Negative. False. That's two weeks in a row where Thursday night has been awesome. So those of you that say Thursday night they should never play it because of the short rest and the games suck, erroneous. Erroneous on all accounts. Erroneous on all accounts. Big word Friday for Ross Tucker. We're going to talk a little more college football coming up. Bob Stoops, the legendary Oklahoma coach, joins us as well as Pete Thamel from Yahoo in the 10 o'clock hour. But yes, that Thursday night beauty is where we start. And we start, of course, 
with the quarterback that makes it all happen. Some of you may have gone to bed when you saw the Rams get in chip shot range for Greg the Leg Zerline and woken up to a stunning score because, yes, he missed. But we're not going to dwell on the kicker. The guy put him in the Super Bowl with the 58-yard field goal a year ago. So the theme last night for the Seahawks, for their fans, was remembering the great Paul Allen, the co-founder of Microsoft, a guy that, quite frankly, changed the world as we know it. And Russell Wilson, he is changing his world as we know it as well. If it weren't for Russell Wilson, would we have had a number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield? Would we have had a number one overall pick, Kyler Murray? He has changed how we view the quarterback position forever, and he's playing it as a at a as high a level as we're seeing today and arguably we've ever seen when it comes to efficiency. He is doing so much with so little. It is mind-boggling. It's the best start in his career. 12 touchdowns, no interceptions, no flaws in his game right now. 17 to 23, four touchdowns. His quarterback rating on the season, 126. What impresses you? What surprises you the most about Russell Wilson? Is this the greatest he's played? And is it, Ross Tucker, the clear leader in the early clubhouse for MVP? So he's had a lot of good games. I don't know that I can say this is his best game, but it's up there. He he was remarkable last night and frankly he's been fantastic so far this season I think he and Patrick Mahomes are 1a and 1b right now in the MVP race I love watching him play I gotta tell you I love everything about Russell Wilson I love how he plays I love how he prepares I love how he goes about his business he is the example he is what you're looking for so professional, so prepared, yet so talented. The improv is unbelievable. Then he'll hit plays on schedule like the deep touchdown pass to DK Metcalf. I can't get enough Russell Wilson. And this might sound stupid, Dave. And I want you to tell me if I'm totally off base on this. Okay. But I feel like he throws the prettiest ball. And my current logic on this or my current theory at least is that because he's shorter the ball has to usually go up before it comes down he has the most beautiful arc on his balls whereas if you're six five six six throwing it from up here it's more of a line drive or maybe it's a little bit up and down but because Russell Wilson's 5'11 all of his balls, I feel like, go up and down, and they're so pretty when he drops them in the bucket. Is that total lunacy, ludicrous, the dumbest thing you've ever heard? Or could there – do we have any math people out there? Do we have any geometry people out there? I am convinced that Russell Wilson's balls look prettier because he's shorter and has to go low to high. Pretty balls. Russell Wilson cannot dispute any of that. What must, uh, what goes up must come down. I can't remember a prettier ball than Russell Wilson's. I can't remember a better catch than Tyler Lockett. And, and it was as good a throw as it was a catch, but Tyler Lockett getting the toes down as well an executed play as we've seen through five weeks of this NFL season. What a catch, but considering the circumstances where he was, a perfect throw. 
efficiency, to me, is where Russell Wilson stands out. And I'm talking about your percentage of attempts that go for a touchdown. It's hard to fathom 23 attempts for touchdowns. It's hard to fathom 12 touchdowns on the season on 156 attempts. And to put that in perspective, he's throwing a touchdown about every every, 13% of the time he throws a ball. It is for a touchdown. The best all-time in the history of the game in the history of this proud game is 7.9%. That's back in the 30s. You have some in the 40s and the 50s that were in the 7 range. But Russell Wilson throws a touchdown pass 13% of the time this season. Just imagine what this guy would do if he had the Rams receivers, if he had that play calling. They've thrown it 117 times in two weeks. Maybe this is the perfect system for him, but I sure would like to see what happened if he could chuck it 40 times. Let's listen to the head coach, Pete Carroll, and Russell Wilson on an unbelievable effort. I thought Russell played one of the best games I've ever seen him play. I just have never seen him have so much speaking of magic uh, in him. Um, all of the plays, <clears throat> all of the plays that he came up with uh, with his legs, running for one, but also uh, uh, the, the, thro- the not just to get out of trouble, but to find the receivers and make the throws, just one after another, after another, after another. The extraordinary play to, to lock. And I, I, honestly, I still haven't seen it. I didn't get a chance to see it yet. Um, everybody's just raving like it's one of the best catches they've ever seen. But it also is one of the best throws that's ever been made, if that's the case, because there, there was just like, there was no room for error. Um, but I, I just I just thought Russ just was sold the show tonight. I just, he just did so much. This is the best game you ever played? Best game I ever played. Uh, I left it all on the field. I left it all out in the field. Uh, Coach and I were just talking about that. It was one of the best, I think, you know. Uh, I think, though, Guys were making plays like crazy tonight. You know, offensive line did a tremendous job against a very, very good defensive line. They gave me time. They gave me opportunities. Um, we found guys down the field. We made plays. Chris Carson ran the ball unbelievably well. Um, the O line did great there. Um, and then DK Metcalf on the deep post. I mean, that was that was pure perfection on that. Uh, Tyler Lockett, the, the the toe tap. I mean, it doesn't get any more. Uh, <laughs> on time and on the money with uh, his footwork there and just the play that we've had to make. And uh, today was special. Favorite throw? Uh, I don't know. I, there were some good ones in there. I think Tyler, you know, Tyler's one was pretty cool, just giving him a chance, and he made a great catch. And But I would say my th- favorite throw was the game-winning one. You know, that, you know, they could play the game to win. You know, you don't play the game to get close. You know, so I think that was that was the one we needed. I promise I hadn't heard those sound bites before I essentially echoed them. You got to love the action green uniforms as well for the Seahawks. So Tom Brady's obviously changed the game and playing at a high level at age 42 in the six Super Bowl rings, the four MVPs. And we know Patrick Mahomes is changing the game in terms of the ad libs, throwing left, all the things he can do with a football. How to you, Ross, is Russell Wilson changing the entire game, changing the way the position may be evaluated as we move forward? permanently well it's interesting Dave because it's not like he's the first short quarterback to have success Drew Brees has had success but he's a very different player than Drew Brees and what I think we have found is you can make up for lack of height if you have incredible athleticism like Russell Wilson does you know Dave he runs around a lot And he takes some shots, but in general, 
he does an unbelievable job of when he does run getting down. And I don't know how he avoids some of the hits in the backfield that he does, some of the sacks that he does. He's the closest thing to Fran Tarkenton that I think we've seen in our generation. You know, you go back NFL films, you watch all those old videos of Fran Tarkenton, and you see these D linemen just going crazy because they're trying to chase him around and they can't get him. That, to me, is Russell Wilson. It is in, It's unbelievable to watch him work the way he works. It's incredible. It, it really is. And then to have the accuracy that he does – and I don't know. I, you know, I, I guess I'd like to see him with top-notch receivers. But Doug Baldwin was a really good player. You know, he's he's had last year to have Doug, last couple of years sure. to have Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett. It's pretty good. And also, I think part of him thrives on the run game and some of the play-action stuff. Obviously, that's what Pete Carroll wants. He brought in Brian Schottenheimer to be the offensive coordinator for a reason. And the thing is funny is Brian Schottenheimer, he gets no credit whatsoever. Twitter hates him because they run the ball so much and running's not <laughs> yeah. as efficient. And it's just funny to me because like, I think Brian Schottenheimer is running the ball a lot because Pete Carroll wants him to, number one. And number two, even when the Seahawks do have success, nobody gives Schottenheimer any credit because it looks like Russell Wilson just running around back there making plays, and a lot of times he is. But then you got to give him credit on like the DK Metcalf deep post that Russell was just talking about. I love this, Dave, because I have often wondered how many quarterbacks that are 5'11", 6 foot, like Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, how many of them could have had success in the NFL over the last 30 years, but just never really got the opportunity? You know, And, and part of the reason, by the way, why they never got the opportunity is because guys that height – didn't even really get the opportunity in major college football because they weren't offering scholarships to quarterbacks unless they were at least 6'2", 6'3". And frankly, there are a bunch of big high schools out there where they don't let a kid play quarterback unless he's 6'2", 6'3". I think what Russell Wilson has done, more, more than Drew Brees, I think he has made everyone aware that, hey, you can be... Like uh, you, you could be like an MVP caliber player. We should at least at, at our high school give give Johnny the athlete a chance to be quarterback. And then the colleges have said, yeah, well, maybe we should give more of these guys. I think it's trickled, it's trickled up more than trickling down. If that makes sense, Russell Wilson has made more high school and colleges give guys that height a chance, which has given us more prospects that height. I don't know if you can trickle up. Can you trickle up or can you only trickle down? I mean, you you went to Princeton. Can you trickle up? Um, <laughs> probably not. I think that defies not. gravity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I was talking about, Smarty Pants. I, I do. Okay, go back to CNN <laughs> with that crap. You knew what the hell I meant. You would never call me out on something like that. Jaguars, Jaguars, never. whatever that. All right, so so. <laughs> We agree. Russell Wilson changing the game. Paul Allen changed the world. They were linked last night. As for that running game, 43 carries, 167 yards. We'll get to the lack of carries, comparatively speaking. Todd Gurley, Jared Goff, and what does it mean for the Rams in a minute? But first, we have to talk about roughing the passer because this game could have been different 
if it weren't for another bad roughing the passer call. And it's another one for Clay Matthews, who must feel like he is cursed. So it came late in the game. You probably saw it. Clay Matthews, I don't know, maybe he reached down and extended his arms and laid a few fingers on Russell Wilson, who was fading away and went to the ground. And universally, everyone knew this was an awful call. Is there anything short of reviewing roughing the passer that's going to fix that situation? Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I think that they should review it. I've said it for a long time. Everything should be reviewable. That's number one. Number two, can we please tell the officials, and I've said this a number of times, Dave, for every call, when in doubt, don't throw the flag. If it turns out that you missed an egregious roughing the passer, guess what? You can find Clay Matthews during the week in order to deter that behavior moving forward. But don't throw a flag when it's not there. Nobody, nobody watching football wants more flags. Nobody enjoys penalty flags. Now, they might want a flag if it's their team and they're trying to win the game. But the other 31 fan bases that are watching, especially a primetime game, they don't want more flags or more stoppages. Please stop doing this. There were some ticky-tack holding penalties I saw early in the game. You know, I'll give you another one that people aren't talking nearly enough about. I thought the roughing the passer penalty that got the Rams their first touchdown on Ziggy Ansah was crap. I mean, Ziggy Ansah's coming around on a stunt. He's looping in. The center, Brian Allen, hits him hard. So Ziggy's stumbling as he hits Jared Goff with his face mask right in Jared Goff's crotch, right in the thighs, and they throw the penalty flag for an illegal hit low. Number one, I don't think it was low. Number two, that should be totally thrown out if the guy is literally hit by an offensive lineman into the quarterback's legs like that. What did you want Ziggy Ansah to do at that point? I just don't understand. You know, there's a lot of jobs, frankly, I should have. Uh, they should make me arguably the commissioner of the NFL. They should make me the czar, the <laughs> VP of officiating in the NFL. The first thing, we would have a conference call. I'd be like, hey, guys, hey, guys, the games aren't about you, okay? Nobody tunes in to watch or listen to you. So here's my advice. When in doubt, don't throw the flag. Please, for the love of God, and everybody that loves the sport, please. I had forgotten about the earlier one, but you're right about that now in retrospect. Kurt Warner tweeting after the second and the worst of them by Clay Matthews. These calls are bordering on ridiculous. What in the world are we doing to the game? Again, bring Ross Tucker in. I think the position was... Minister of Common Sense, let's try and fix this up. Let's talk about the Rams now. Todd Gurley was established, did get more carries in this game. All in all, though, 51 yards rushing on the ground. The two touchdowns, which is certainly a factor in the game. But here we go again. Was Jared Goff the reason that they come up short? 29 of 49. He's one touchdown, one pick. He's now that ratio for the season. Seven touchdowns. Seven picks, but here's where it stands out. The quarterback rating, 83. For context, that is behind guys like Kirk Cousins, Joe Flacco, 
and Case Keenum. He's thrown the ball 117 times in two games. Is Jared Goff hurting the Rams? Do you feel any differently about them given they should have won this football game if Greg DeLeg drills a 44-yard field goal? Do you feel better or worse about the Rams? I would say I feel better about the Rams. I, I feel better to go into Seattle. They should have won that game. Um, you know, they settled for field goals when they shouldn't. My biggest knock on Goff would probably be, Dave, that he didn't get on that two-point conversion. Like, you know, we talk about athleticism and size and strength for quarterbacks, and a lot of times it doesn't really come into play that much. If Jared Goff was a little bit more athletic – or a little bit stronger, you have to get it on that two-point conversion. Like Jared, come on, dude. You 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 got it. He was half a yard from getting in. If he dove to the left, dove lower, he would have gotten in. He has a defensive lineman grab him, and there's literally like no more forward progress after that. He just gets like stopped and his knees down before he reaches the ball across the plane. I thought that was the biggest negative. For Jared Goff the whole night, even the interception went right off Gerald Everett's hands. That's not Goff's fault. Gerald Everett, by the way, had a nice night, and McVay did a nice job using 12 personnel, two tight ends to move the ball. I thought Goff was fine. Even late in the game, he gets him down in field goal range for the game-winning field goal, and Greg DeLeg misses it because the sport is flawed, and they shouldn't have it come down to kickers like that. But I won't even get into that rant today. We don't have time. My thing, though, is I thought golf was fine. I really did. I thought Gurley looked good on his opportunities. They're not going to give him more than 15 to 20 touches. We've been over this. He had, what, 15 last night? I think the Rams' offense looked fine. I thought golf looked fine. I don't think he's a top five guy. He's probably not even a top 10 guy. But he's a he, he made a bunch of good throws, and even the pick was not his fault. Yeah, he had 15 carries. Todd Gurley did. He had 18 total touches. He did have the three catches. Look, I, I've said this all season. He is not clearly the 10 that he was last year, but I think he's pretty close. I think Todd Gurley is around an eight from what we saw last year. They are clearly not going to go above that 15 carry mark. Whether they admit it or not, there is clearly a pitch count on Todd Gurley that they have no interest and exceeding, he gets two more touchdowns. He has five rushing touchdowns on this season. So you got to like what he's bringing to that offense. I really agree with that too tight set. Boy, Gerald Everett is an outstanding receiver. Carl Higby, he could play two tight end set. Seemed like Sean McVay made the right adjustments last night. Just didn't get the W. Exactly correct. Um, and speaking of making adjustments, Dave, there are a lot of people that need to make adjustments for their business, especially when it comes to hiring. We've been telling you guys for a long time now about ZipRecruiter. You know why? Because it's awesome. Because we love ZipRecruiter. Because that is how you find the best candidates for your job. ZipRecruiter dot com slash enter that is the key you got to go to ziprecruiter.com slash enter why else should you do that well not just because you can get a chance to check out candidates for free and try it for free but because you get four out of five employers who post on ziprecruiter get a quality candidate 
within the first day. I've told you about my girl, Gretchen Hebner. I've told you about my dude, Dylan Miskowitz. This is how people with young, cool, hip companies are finding employees. We know it's hard to find good work these days. It is. We had to hire a bunch of millennials that don't know what they're doing. That's why we should have used ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. I am totally kidding. All of our millennials are amazing. They're doing a terrific job. And we got them at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Without a doubt, the smartest way to hire. There is truth to all the rumors. That's what Stefan Diggs, the Vikings receiver, said about the rumors that he wants out of that situation. We will discuss Stefan Diggs, where that franchise goes from here with their star wide receiver. And also the NCAA pay for play act out there in California. The conversation has dominated the week and it continued on Thursday with finally some comments from Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA. We will discuss that. To start the 9 o'clock hour, and speaking of college football, when we come back after a break, we are psyched for this. National championship winning Oklahoma Sooners head coach Bob Stoops joins us. He's got a new book out. He's head of the XFL as a head coach and a GM. So much to discuss with Bob Stoops after we come back on a quick break right here on Home and Home. All right, welcome back to a Friday home and home. Remember, this program, less than five minutes of commercials per hour. Those other shows you're used to that you got to stop listening or watching, they go about 20 minutes. So we bring it here for you. Let's start now in the NFL, where Stefan Diggs says there's truth to all rumors. That is not true. That is just not true. There are some garbage rumors out there, but apparently that gave new life to the rumors that Stefan Diggs is not happy as a Minnesota Vikings wide receiver. Not happy because, of course, they don't throw the ball much. Kirk Cousins, not a very great start to this season. They are a run-first offense with Dalvin Cook. The rumors are, well, he started following some New England Patriots on Instagram. He started following some Buffalo Bills on Instagram, and that's what got this whole thing started. Does he want out? Let's listen to the leading receiver, albeit of one of the worst passing offenses in the league. Stephon Diggs here. The, the space that we're in right now is definitely, it's a lot of question. Um, I can't sit up here and act like everything is, uh, everything is okay, because it's obviously not. But um, what I can say is, at this point, just trying to work through it. What would make you more satisfied? There's not one thing. There's not one specific thing that will make me more satisfied. with just, you know, like at this point, it's uh, I've been here for a while. I've been here for a couple of years, so um, just kind of uh, getting through it and going through the going through the motions and kind of acting like uh, I've been in this space for a minute. And we are where we are right now, and I'm I'm saying a lot to say nothing right now. So you you, are, you can get where this interview is gonna go. So. Y'all get what I'm saying. Yeah, so. yeah, is there any I'll both take y'all time, one at a time. You know, there's been speculation and stuff that you might want to be traded. Speculation you want to be traded? is uh, along with rumors and all that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like uh, I feel like there's truth to all rumors. You know, I mean, no matter how you dress it up, um, I won't be saying nothing on it. I won't be speaking on it at all. Uh, but there is truth to all rumors, I guess. 
I would be careful about that. That is a load of crap. There is not truth to all rumors, but he clearly is fueling the fire that he wants out from Minnesota. An outstanding roster, top to bottom, probably one notable exception. Their $84 million quarterback, Kirk Cousins, who has had a rough start. Part of the reason they are second to the last in the league in offense. Ross Tucker, what does he want? He has got four more years on a fat contract. He's got a loaded roster, a community, and an organization that loves his talent. What does he want? Where is he going? Uh, I, I don't like stuff like this, Dave. I'm getting very annoyed by the Minnesota Vikings, okay? I understand that Stephon Diggs puts a lot of work in, and he wants to be able to show what he can do on Sundays. He wants to win. He wants to catch passes, help the team win. I, I get that, okay? It's four weeks into the season. They're 2-2. Two and two. They're not 0-4. He just had, what, seven catches for over 100 yards? To me, uh, this is really poor. Really poor by both him and Thielen. Now, I still think Thielen is worse for publicly calling out his quarterback and Kirk Cousins. I think that is, well, I was pretty clear yesterday how I felt about that, which is to say I'm not a fan at all of what Adam Thielen did. But I really don't like what Diggs is doing either. I mean, if you're going to say something, then say it. I feel like there's truth to – do you want to leave? I feel like there's truth to all rumors. Then just say it, dude. But honestly, to me, this is almost like bailing on your team way too early. You're already unhappy because you're not catching enough balls. You're making a ton of money. You're 2-2. Two and two, You're not 0-4. You just caught a bunch of balls. I mean, nobody's thrilled. You're trying to figure things out. I just think this is part of where we are in society, whereas rather than coming together to try to find a solution and try to be better and beat the Giants' brains in as a group, we have one wide receiver bitching about the quarterback, another receiver making it clear that they kind of won out. I just, I'm not a big fan of it. And I, I think if I were a really established lineman for the Vikings, I think I said yesterday what I would tell these guys to do, which is shut the bleep up. You know, maybe if it's eight weeks into the season and you're catching no balls and the team's two and six, but not now. It, it really bothers me. I'm torn on this. The NFL is becoming the NBA, whether we like it or not. Player movement. Player empowerment is the theme we're seeing across the league. Jadeveon Clowney found his way up to Seattle. Saw him last night. Antonio Brown blew up his situation with Pittsburgh, got paid in Oakland, blew up that situation and got himself right in New England. Now, he's a different cause because he's just a, a mess who, quite frankly, blew up that situation as well. We're seeing that with Jalen Ramsey. All these guys have different reasons. At some point, it seemed like Antonio Brown wanted to win more football games yeah, it sounds like Stefan Diggs just wants more catches, more yards, more receiver stats. But maybe he really wants to win a ring, and that's maybe why he'll find his way in New England. And now to Jalen Ramsey, the latest guy who apparently wants out. Sits out another practice, five straight practices. Shad Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, says he does not want to trade him. That could be trade posturing because the reports are they have had that offer 
two first-round picks, and the reports are those picks were too low in the first round because that team was going to win too many football games. So perhaps Shad Khan is wanting more, perhaps two ones and a player. Not entirely clear. The one team you keep hearing connected to all of this is the Philadelphia Eagles. Another outstanding roster top to bottom. It certainly needs some help in the secondary. Here's Chris Mortensen on with our friends at WIP yesterday talking about that situation. Ramsey to the Eagles. Do you think, based on what you hear, do you think Jalen Ramsey will get traded in season this year? Uh, I'm going to give you the honest answer. I don't know. Uh, because the owner of the Jaguars, as you heard, mm-hmm. does not want to trade him. And by the way, he's right not to want to trade him. Now, I think if he did not get involved, I think Jalen Ramsey might have been traded already. Uh, but the, the head coach, Doug Marone, does not want him traded. So we have till Tuesday after week eight, which is the trade deadline. Sure. And I imagine it's going to play out that long. I don't see the Eagles, you know, going, you know, Howie Roseman giving everything away. I mean, listen, there's, I think a handful of teams definitely interested, and the Eagles would be. And so we, we, we believe that they're – and I don't know. We believe it's probably a one and a two. When I say a one and a two, that may not be a one and a two next year. It may be a one next year and a two the following year. Mm-hmm. But, hmm. you know, the, the Jaguars just aren't listening right now. So the, it really is a moot point if the Jaguars aren't willing to trade him. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, to, when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, listen, yes, we know they're really injured in the secondary. So it's a good football team. But you have to be careful because going forward, Carson Wentz is only 26, going to be 27. Uh, and you don't want to – and I know Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Eagles, is very conscientious of this, and Howie, too. You don't want to sit there and break down your future roster management via the salary cap and guys you need to extend internally who are worthy of it uh, by by being so desperate as if this is the, the window is closing on us. The window is not going to be closing on the Philadelphia Eagles for as long as Carson Wentz is healthy and playing. So that's ESPN's Chris Mortensen on with our friends at WIP, Joe DeCarmer and John Ritchie. Be careful. You're close to the situation, Ross. Would Jalen Ramsey be the wrong type of acquisition for this roster, for this clubhouse, for this locker room atmosphere? And could two first-round picks just simply be too much to give away for Ramsey, being that their receivers are awfully old? This is a this is a tough one for me, Dave. It really is. So... I could sit here and I could honestly make an argument either way. And if the Eagles trade for Jalen Ramsey, I'll be excited because he is a terrific player. I did the Eagles preseason games on TV. I do pregame for 94.1 WIP, which is on the radio.com app, available at radio.com, just like you listen and watch us. I'll be doing their pregame on Sunday against the Jets. And I, I really could. I'd be excited because the Eagles secondary is in a bad way right now. I mean, number one, they have not performed very well at corner. Number two, their current corners are Rasul Douglas, who's probably their third or fourth corner normally, Orlando Skandrick, who they just signed, and Craig James, who they just promoted from the practice squad. That's their three healthy corners for this game on Sunday. Now, Sidney Jones might be able to play. But the Eagles are in a bad way. But typically in life, Dave, and think about this, buying 
is not good when you're desperate, right? Like you should not go to Costco or Chick-fil-A or anywhere when you're hungry. That's a terrible idea. If you're starving when you go to the grocery store, you're going to buy a lot more stuff than you really need. You don't want to do that. And right now, I feel like if the Eagles did this trade, they would be buying hungry. I think it would give them a, a really good chance to make a run over the next two, maybe three years. But when you start trading multiple first-round picks, you are losing the depth and the balance in your roster of really good players who are cost-controlled on low salaries for five years in favor of Jalen Ramsey, who's probably going to get somewhere between 17 and $20 million a year because of the leverage he would have if you're trading two ones for him. So what ends up happening then is you're paying guys like Ramsey and Carson Wentz so much that it becomes tough to field a really competitive team around them. I, I, I probably would not do it for two ones, but if they did do it, I'd be excited and I would enjoy the next few years, but I'd be a little bit concerned about what it meant for the long haul for the Eagles. Hard to deny the likelihood that if they acquire Ramsey, they become the favorite in the NFC, although Seattle looked awfully damn good last night. Hard to tell what Dallas is. We'll discuss their game this weekend in just a bit. I think we're about to find out. But Ross, man, you got me going down a certain uh, a certain direction. I always go to the grocery store when I'm hungry. My wife hates it, but that's the time that I want to go to the grocery store. At that moment, I know exactly what I need. I need some bread right now. I'd like some cookies. I'd like some cereal like breakfast bars. You don't go to the grocery store when you're hungry. I think that is the best time to go grocery shopping because you just crush it. You know everything that you ordinarily wouldn't buy. No, you're wrong. You end up buying stuff you don't need, especially if you're at Costco. Oh, yeah, I do need that giant-sized uh, cheese ball thing that I put in and I stick in the back the, of the pantry. The big one. Yeah. The big boy. Yeah, the big one. Oh, oh yeah, I do need this. I do need – no, 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 no. You don't want – maybe you, – you really don't even want to go – to like out to eat or out to meals when you're starving. You want to go when you're hungry, but not when you're starving. Right now, the Eagles are starving for a corner. If you go when you're starving, then you go to Chipotle and you don't just get one burrito. Oh. Maybe you get two burritos or maybe you get a burrito bowl, but you get a whole side of chips and guac, even though you don't really need the chips and guac. You don't really need that sodium. So you don't really need the chips. The burrito bowl is enough, but you order more because you're there and you're hungry. That's what, you, by the way, quick pro tip, Dave. Yeah. Whether you're getting a burrito or a burrito bowl and they get to the meat portion, what, what meat do you get at Chipotle? I go half and half. I go barbacoa and carnitas, a little combination. Oh, yeah. That is the right order. That I knew I liked you. I knew I liked you. Separate the overrated hair, the politics. Lean. You are a good human being deep down. That is the right. This is unbelievable. Did we, did we just become best friends? Did we just become best friends? That is That is exactly the right order. But, Dave, do you know how you get extra meat? You say... 
I'll take barbacoa and carnitas. And they say, double meat or half and half? And you say, half and just half. half and half. But yeah. you wink at them, especially if it's a female, you wink at them and say, as much as much meat as your boss will allow. Hold as on, hold much on. meat as your boss will how, allow. How do you do that? I want to see the wink and I want to see how you, you make it. Come on, like get into character. Okay. Okay, All right. you're at Chipotle, you got the counter. I ask you, but I'm a chick. Okay, what, what kind of meat would you like in there? Go. Uh, I'd like, I'd like uh, carnitas and barbacoa, please. Would you like half and half or would you like double? Just half and half, but as much meat as your boss will allow. <laughs> and nailed it. Scene. And guess Scene. what? Guess what? It works every time because deep down, they don't really care. You know what I mean? No, 50% of the time, 50% no. of the time, it works every time because deep down, they don't really care. I mean, yeah, their boss told them, like, I know what you're doing, Chipotle server. It's hilarious. <laughs> they come in with the first thing, the tongs for the first meat. They go and right. they grab it and they put it in. Then they go back a second time. So you visually see them getting a sec. But they barely get any meat the second time. You ever notice that? The first one's yeah. like a big healthy portion of meat, and they put it's it in like your this. bowl or on your burrito. Then they go back in again, so you see they're going in a second time, but they barely put any meat on the thong on the tongs the second time before they put it in. I know your tricks, Chipotle. Okay. I've been going to Chipotle my whole life. I invented tricks like that. Okay. I know what you're doing. Don't try to trick a trickster, okay? I invented shit like that, all right? I see what you're doing, which is why if you say as much meat as your boss will allow, they will get a big second scoop. The second time they go in with the tongs, they will get you a nice portion of meat there to put in your bowl or burrito because they already have to go in a second time and they don't have like their boss isn't watching cameras to see how much meat did you put on that one big goofy dude's bowl his when he you know when you went back in for the second soup so it works every time i can't believe people don't know this and this is why, folks, you have to watch Home and Home on the Radio.com app or on iTunes. You can't just listen. Because if you just listen, you wouldn't have seen the wink. You wouldn't have seen the real Ross Tucker move. You wouldn't have really felt how that Chipotle female server had no choice but to give him extra meat. I do it a little differently. I don't use the wink or I don't use the line. I just simply say they, they throw on them both and I go, eh, a little, a little more, if you could. And every time they do it, every time, because to your point, they don't care. They're just getting paid by the hour. You could do that with the black beans or the rice too. Just a little bit more. Yeah, you just gotta. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk. Push. Let's talk turkey. Yeah. Let's talk turkey. Okay. 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 Yep. Um, brown rice or white rice? For me, white. Wow, that's incorrect. Um, okay. Next, black beans or brown beans? There's no doubt about that. And don't fight me on this. Don't fuck with me. It's black beans 100% of the time. Yep. You're right with that. Okay. Now let's go. Now let's go toppings after you get the extra meat. What toppings do you put on it? See, I don't have a consistent order, but if I were there right now, I like to mix it up. It depends on the mood. Right now, I'm seeing a little bit of green. 
a little bit of hot salsa, but I need it mixed around because you plop down the hot salsa in one particular area, I get one flaming hot goddamn bite right in the middle of my burrito. That's wrong. That is bad technique. That is like throwing a wounded duck instead of a nice spiral. You've got to mix it around. you got to stir around that hot salsa or it's just a complete waste of time. Okay, and then I go, I need some lettuce. And it just, guac depends. I usually don't do the cheese, wasted calories. Rarely do I do the sour cream, only if I see them go too heavy on the hot sauce. And you. All right, so this is funny because I love guac. But for some reason, I'm too cheap to put it in my in my burrito bowl. Now, do you get a burrito no, or a burrito I bowl? I mix it up. Uh, right now, it would be a, a burrito for sure. Usually, I try to avoid the tortilla because I like being able to mix it up in the bowl. That, that puts it over the top. If they don't do a good mix, you're just better off with the bowl. All right, are you are you ready, Dave? Because class is in session, okay? All right. Number one. The nation's best you, orderer. Right here. Yes, that's that's correct. Yeah. Number one, right. you get a burrito bowl, not a burrito. You don't need the extra calories on the buttered tortilla. If you check, that's a lot more calories than you realize. I used to be salsa. Dave, and, and, and America, this is for America. You would be shocked at how good the corn is. You don't need to get any of the green or red salsas or pico de gallo. Just get a lot of corn. I didn't discover this until like six months ago. It is so freaking good. The chipotle corn is delicious. It adds a little bit of moisture to your burrito bowl. Unbelievable flavors. So I get a bunch of corn. I get a little bit of cheese, just a little bit of cheese. And then I get as much lettuce as they can put in that container. And by the way, I always get it to go. You know why you do that? Because they put as much lettuce in it, then they put the silver to-go container on because after I pay, even though I'm still going to sit there and eat it, because I have the to-go top on, I can shake it. I can shake it and mix it all up. I can shake it and get everything in there so I get the corn and the meat and the rice and the beans and everything in every bite. You say to-go even though you're staying. I should be charging people for this. What I, it's crazy to me that this show's free with the knowledge I drop. What, what did we call it yesterday? Life advice, life hacks with Ross Tucker. You're welcome. That's right. You know what? You know what the theme show should be in this song? It should be from Moana. Not much to say except you're welcome. I give you you're great welcome. advice every day. Not much to say except you're welcome. Now you know what to do with Chipotle. That rhymes. <laughs> that goes on the mixtape. Put it on the mixtape. The Ross Tucker soundtrack. That song's my favorite song in Moana because, you know, the rock is just awesome. And I just like dropping that line on occasion. Apparently, I'm not alone in that. We may have by the a little way, bit by the too way, much Dave, in common. Yeah. By the way, so I am at, I'm in a hotel in West Point, New York. And I definitely heard people walking past <laughs> the door laughing their ass off as I just did that. Can you imagine walking down the hallway and you hear what sounds like a uh, grown man making up his own lyrics to not much to, to, to your welcome? That would be a unique I, experience. I don't there's no way they knew what you were singing. 
you think that song is, I mean, apparently you and I are huge fans of the tune, but we both have young daughters. You think that's a household uh, song, name, uh, known song? Uh, sure no, I think I think you have to have kids. But even if you don't yeah. know it, I think it would sound funny and be something you might laugh at. It's a great movie. It's an outstanding movie. I highly recommend. But your point was it. about the corn, and the corn is outstanding. I go either way on the corn and the pico de gallo salsa based on this: the presence of onions. I love corn, but when when it tips the scale into too much onions in the corn or in the pico, I'm out. I'm out on that. Wait, 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 onions, wait, wait. Onions dominate whatever food they are in. They just take over. They're like weeds, man. They take over everything. Okay, so are you anti-onion? I, I, I think sometimes they can add, like when I have a guac, when I make guac, I need a little bit of onion because it really adds a nice flavor. But sometimes I have to just go no onion because I don't like how it takes over Whatever it's in, it could be a sandwich, it could be a burrito, it could be a salsa. If I can go no onion, I'm probably doing so nine out of ten times. Also gives me a little heartburn. Gotta be honest. I am very much anti-onion, and I respect that take. In fact, I would go a step further. Onions are pointless. You know, my mom used to, and I love my mom. She's probably listening or watching. Hi, mom. Love you. You know, she used to put onions in all kinds of stuff growing up. And I'd be like, Mom, I, I hate onions. Like, why are you doing that? And she'd say, oh, you can't even taste them. Is that the worst logic <laughs> you've ever heard? Is that the well, worst logic you've ever heard? If you can't even taste them, Sandy Tucker or anybody, why are you putting them in? Where is the logic there? Oh, you can't even taste them. Okay, then why are you using them? I don't like onions on anything ever, anytime, Put it in the mayonnaise category, which is to say worthless. Uh, I didn't even realize that the corn has some onions in it. I never tasted that. Yep. That now you yep. now, you might have just ruined corn chipotle for me, dude. Now I'm a little well, bit freaked out. It's it, again, usually it's just minimal, but sometimes you 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 got to look down in there. Just like when you order the meat, some days the carnitas just doesn't have its a game going. Sometimes the barbacoa clearly doesn't have its A-game going. Maybe you're getting the end of the container or maybe just whoever cooked that day isn't on their game. So I'm willing to audible at the line of scrimmage. You have to be willing to get up to the line of scrimmage, take a look at the defense, and be willing to audible. I'm not sure, Ross Tucker, you are able to do that. You need to be Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, at the line of scrimmage when you are at Chipotle. Take a look at the defense audible based on what is there. And as for the concept that you won't even taste them, that's about as accurate as Stefan Diggs saying there's truth to all rumors. Onions are the complete opposite of that. They take over everything. In fact, it's all you taste when you want to taste everything else. So if you had to eat onions or mayonnaise, have to choose one, which one is it, Ross? So am I, is it just a part of something else or am I eating them by themselves? Okay. So, so we're getting a good solid hoagie and it's not just like little onions. They're going to put the, the rings, like the big purple onion rings that people order on a sandwich, or they're going to slap mayonnaise all over it. Oh God. I'm just nauseous now thinking of answering this question myself. So it's a sandwich, slathered mayo, 
or big giant purple onions, fresh, raw, which one do you take? Okay, well, the obvious answer is the onions because I can remove them with my hand. No, you can't, you can't remove them. You got to okay. eat one of them. All right, then then I'll go with the mayonnaise. I, I won't love it. I'll try to pretend it's wow. not there. Uh, I'll try to pretend it's not there, but you can't pretend with onions. Like when you bite into that, that it has wow. a different texture than everything right. else. I, I guess I would go mayonnaise. I wouldn't feel good wow. about it. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't feel good about it either way, but I would go mayonnaise. By the way, you had a very good tweet yesterday. He's at Dave Briggs TV. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. The show is at RDC Home and Home. I cannot emphasize enough that we got a bunch of millennials, Eric and Jacob and Dylan and Jordan and all kinds of people, Steve, Jung, Joey, that do a terrific job of cutting clips from this show and putting them on social media. You have to follow at RDC home and home. So you don't miss any of these funny things that you're laughing at or chuckling while you're listening. They're even better. If you can see our faces while we're talking about it. So follow at RDC home and home. I gave you Dave's Twitter. I gave you mine less than five minutes of commercials. I mean, look, it's 8.57 a.m. Eastern time. We've done three minutes of commercials the whole hour. And yesterday I went to get a haircut. I got in the car and I was flipping around the stations. All three stations that I listen to after our show sometimes, when I hop in the car, before there's something else on at radio.com to listen to, they were all in commercial. They were all in commercial at the same time for like five minutes. So annoying. We have less than five minutes per hour. Anyway, I digress. Dave had a great tweet, which is that it is insulting, okay, if you put mayonnaise on a pre-packaged hoagie. What's wrong with you people? Number one, it makes it so that you have to eat it immediately. Otherwise, it'll be all damp and wet and not good. Like, you don't want that. Number two, a lot of people don't like mayonnaise. Dave and I are ardent anti-Manites, okay? Mayonites, probably, so it doesn't sound like we're anti-Manites. Anti-Mayonites, right? You don't do that. If you want to give people the option of mayonnaise, have a couple mayonnaise packets. Have a couple mustard packets. But don't put it on there and assume the consumer of that sub or hoagie or whatever you call it likes mayonnaise. And it gets it soggy. What's wrong with you? And beyond that is the reason that I never actually tried that Popeye's famous chicken sandwich that sold out. Yes, the service was bad and slow, but ultimately I knew that the de facto condiment was mayonnaise, which no sandwich should ever have. The trending hashtag yesterday that inspired me was what really pisses me off. The first thing that came to mind was mayonnaise. I love those kind of hashtags. It was perfect for my Thursday. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users. Users over home internet users during times of congestion. 